0: Hi, welcome to The Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at The Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. So praise God, it's good to see you. Um, We're on our Heart for the House series. And... um, Uh, Last week, we were talking about sacrifice, and we're going to continue talking about sacrifice this week. The title of this message today is The Enemies of Sacrifice. And um, sacrifice is something that you have to choose to sacrifice something. No one can make you sacrifice anything. If, someone, if you're forced into a sacrifice, it's, it's, it's no longer a sacrifice of your own will. It's always when you sacrifice of yourself, your own will, that there's power in that. And that, that is what gives sacrifice power. When you do it of your own will, there's no, there's no other force acting on you to make that. And so, um, it's, no, it's no wonder then... Um, because of the power of sacrifice, that many things will come against you to prevent you making sacrifice or to making a commitment, because sacrifice and commitment go hand in hand. If you make a commitment to somebody or to something, you'll have to sacrifice after making that commitment. And if you sacrifice anything, you are in itself making a commitment to doing something. So, they go hand in hand. And so, sacrifice is powerful, and the enemy is going to use every scheme to try and stop you from giving of yourself into God's kingdom or whatever God has for you. And sometimes um, you've just got to, like Dion said, sometimes it's 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 giving a little more time to a stranger or whoever you meet. Um, uh, you, some of you might have got the message, I lost my phone because we were out cycling yesterday around... Um, uh, Butte and Kintyre and stuff, and and it flew off the bike after I hit a hole. But there was a gentleman on the on the cycle, and he was kind of catching up with us at every ferry. And um, at the, we got back to Brodick, and we were all pretty gubbed, you know, is that a good word? We were all done, and and this gentleman had parked his car in Weems Bay, and it was six o'clock at night, uh, nearly seven o'clock at night. And he had twenty plus miles to cycle back to Weems Bay, and um, and this is not a boast because I'm sure it, you know you'll all have the same story. But I said to a guy, I said, "Listen, we've got a van. We'll just run you along to Weems Bay, so you don't have to cycle it." He was seventy. It was seventy, and um, I could. He was. He was very. He was very very grateful. But, you know, the, it had crossed my mind, you know what, I really need a hot bath. I, I really need to get home, get ready for this morning. It did, it crossed my mind, you know what, he'll make his way back somehow. I'm being honest, just being honest. But it, it, it just, no. So uh, that was it, we ended up. And, and in the process of that, we find out that he studies theophysy, he, um, he's been to various... So we get into a chat and we leave thinking, you know, just the sacrifice of going out of your way to do something that was, you know, it's not, you know, I didn't feel like it, but it's incredible. So we end up with the, the gentleman's phone number for his masonette flat in Bristol. Anytime you're in Bristol, we've got a place for you to stay. And, and, and you think, you know what, just, just a wee bit of sacrifice, you know, how long does it take to get up to Weems Bay and back to Weskel Brides? No, it doesn't take long at all, does it? So whenever something is sacrificed or given up, power's released, potential's released. I mean, then that was a potential for a new relationship. You know, if you think about the fasting, for example, great example. Whenever we fast, power, we store up power to be released because we've sacrificed our Natural wants, needs, and desires for this fast, amen. And um, the ultimate one—the cross. This, the ultimate sacrifice, the power that was released from the cross, on on you know a, a resur- the resurrection. I mean, you, you know, it's incalculable. And that all comes through sacrifice. And sacrifice is important. Sacrifice can turn things around in your life. We pray and we'll keep on praying for people. But there was a king in, 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 in Kings. There was the king of Moab. He was being attacked by another king, the king of Edom. And he sacrificed his own son who was heir to the throne. He sacrificed him as a burnt offering outside the wall of the city. And the Edomites were so indignant. That, that he would do this, that they went back to their home. Now, you can question all of that, but if you look, if you, if you look into that a bit de- deeper, sacrifice, if the enemy is approaching, sacrifice can turn the enemy around and send him back. When the enemy's on his way, one sacrifice can turn the enemy around and send him back home. Amen? Amen. And the thing is, it holds good for both. Uh, holds true for both good and evil. When people who are practicing the occult and they're involved in demonic rituals, they sat, they will sacrifice animals and sometimes people. And power is released through these sacrifices. So there is in, incredible power in sacrifice. I was. Um, I heard a few months ago, I was doing a study on Freemasonry, and in the, in the middle of doing all of this, I came across an interview with Bob Dylan, if you know who Bob Dylan is. And, and um, it hadn't occurred to me, but he was in an interview, and he, was, uh, he wasn't hiding it that well, but um, in exchange for fortune, for fame, for, for all of that, he did a, a trade with the devil, For his soul. And he says that. He says, I've done a deal with the commander in chief. You know who that is? That's Satan. So you can barter your soul, you can sacrifice your soul for the things of of this life, and I have a great time here, but what happens next? So it's very, it's very powerful. And God wants us to make our sacrifices in the right places doesn't want us to make our sacrifices to devils or anything demonic or or worldly. He wants us to sacrifice for His kingdom and for people out there. Amen? And that just causes God to get wrath and anger when we sacrifice in the wrong places. So, sacrifice is important, and no one can make you, no one can force you to sacrifice. It has to be, you have to be willing to sacrifice. It's like the guy's on the boat, and the boat hits the rocks. It's going to sink. And the one guy says, is there anyone here who knows how to pray? And there was a Christian on board, and he's really fired up. He stands up. He says, yeah, I can pray. He says, okay, you pray. The rest of us will get the life jackets on because we're one short. And that you know what I mean? So no one can force you to, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, um... Praise God for that. But sacrifice requires commitment, and commitment requires sacrifice. And you know what a commitment is? A commitment is really we take commitment very lightly. A commitment is really an oath. When you commit to something, you it's like it's like taking an oath. And um, it's not good to go back on an oath. Amen. And so commitment and the ability to commit. It can't be understated. It's very important. Sacrifice and commitment is hugely important. It will turn our lives around. It will turn the life of this church around. Sacrifice and commitment. Amen. And I don't know if you, if this is maybe a, I don't think it's just a modern day thing, but you know how you sometimes hear, especially ladies say things like, oh, didn't he work out? Fear of commitment. (laughs) Fear of commitment. It probably plagues countless people, the fear, the fear of commitment. And if there's been any progress in whatever area, it brings it to a complete standstill. You can be, everything can be fine, and we're on this new thing. And and then there's this, oh, pulling back. I'm not going to commit anymore. This is my limit. That's it. That's as far as I'm willing to go. And, um, when that happens, stagnation sets into the situation or the relationship. The party who's looking for the commitment, when is he going to put a ring on, you know, whatever that is, when the party that's looking for the commitment becomes frustrated and disillusioned and they give the relationship up. Now, I know some people persevere to the nth degree, but I've known lots of people, listen, this needs to happen. Because we can't go on like this and, and, and I'm sure some of you have been in the same position. You're like, Isn't it about time you got engaged? Isn't it about time you commit you made a commitment? Amen. Amen. Am I talking yes. it's a bit of sense, I hope so. <laughs> but sometimes we're just not ready to lay down our personal needs, wants, desires, just so it's just not the time. Um and we kind of have designs on having the it's like having your I'll have my cake and eat it. I want the best of everything. I don't want to commit because I want to keep all this stuff. So this is my do you know, I'm just this is my golf days and this is this and this is what I do then and I've got my season ticket and I've got all this stuff. And and you 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 want the best of the other person. You want you expect their commitment and their sacrifice. Um to complement your situation, so that things remain comfortable for you. And this this goes across every sphere of life, even into our faith and into church life and relationships and work, the workplace, all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's a really important thing. And there's some sacrifices that we have to understand are acceptable sacrifices. Some are unacceptable in God's sight. There's some sacrifices that will be made. It's, you know the little um, tithes and offerings video we show occasionally with Cain, with Cain and the you know he uh, he was a tiller of the land and he brought and his sacrifice was rejected. He still came to bring an offering, but it was rejected. And um, the problem is, it's when we gonna go into a sacrificial situation grudgingly or with an unwillingness we didn't really you know what i'm kind of being down forced down this funnel into this that it's not it's, there's no point in even doing it because god is not going to accept our sacrifices but there are certain sacrifices that are attractive to god they they're like a magnet to god and when we sac- when we're sacrificial in that way things things change because he's compelled to accept our sacrifice, because our sacrifices are being made without any reservation and with our whole heart. Amen. Amen. And so whenever there's signs of, of begrudging or unthankfulness or bad attitude, um mixed in with sacrifice or commitment. Do you know what I'm gonna commit? That's my that's where I stop. And we think, you know you know, it's, this is going to be fine. God will accept this and He sees this is what I'm doing. But we all know in our hearts where we can go to. And God, God knows what is truly sacrificial. He knows what's truly sacrificial. Sometimes to us, we've been, we've been so um, accustomed to a certain um, way of life that to go beyond that comfort zone and that, you know, oh, that hurts too much. That's too painful. I'm not going there. But God will give us the strength to break out of that mold into a new sphere if we will let Him help us to get there. And um, God is not compelled to receive that sacrifice that is made in a, with a bad attitude. You know, I look at Jesus' life, look at Paul's life. They never, and I, maybe someone can put me right, but they never complained. There was no complaining, there was no begrudging. They um and in Philippians chapter one, Paul says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's like never, never, you know, never unthankful. You know, and um, it's 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 important to to look into these things closely, you know, it's like in a home where a meal has been prepared. Okay, now I'm not doing the gender, the sex, gender thing here. Whoever prepares the meal, all right? For for a while it was me, and for a while and for a long, a lot longer, it's been my, it's been Linda. But whoever prepares the meal, if you prepare the meal and you set the table, and you put it all out, and your other significant other or whoever comes in, and the meal's there, the table is set. And whilst the meal is there, the person who prepares the meal proceeds to nag and complain. The person who's sat down at the table that has been set is likely to push the plate away and maybe even leave the room to get some peace. <laughs> I see some heads some heads nodding. Yeah. And if you go to Proverbs 17.1, it tells you there that that's... You know, every answer is in the Bible. Proverbs 17.1, Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Amen? Amen? Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Amen? So whenever... Sacrifice is made. It has to be done willingly and th- th- with thankfulness. You know what? And, and, and so sometimes there's a time and a place to offload. There's time and a place, but there's certain times you don't do it. So we all have a, to have a discussion sometimes, but sometimes it's not the appropriate time. Amen? So um, what I mean by that, You know, God is so good to us. He's so good to us. We can thank him for the things that he's withheld from us as well as the things that he's let us have by his grace because sometimes he withholds things from us for our own benefit. He's so good, amen. We can thank him. Dion touched on this. We can thank him when situations are going contrary, the other way around to our expectations. That is a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And when when God sees a sacrifice of thanksgiving, he's like a magnet to that. And, and, And I know that this will probably be something that a lot of people have faced. Can you truly thank God after you've lost your job? Can you truly thank God if you've lost a loved one? What if you've lost a child? If you've been demoted at work, if the cupboards are empty if you've been victimized or you've been treated unfairly, if you've been barren in some area of your life, you know, can, you st- can we still make the sacrifice of thanksgiving when all of that's coming against us? Or is there an enemy of sacrifice that was going to say, no, you should blame God? Do you, do you uh, the, it's the seed of doubt, do you think that God really loves you? He's just put you through all of this? what does that rob you of? It robs you of the, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah? Sometimes we'll have tragedy and hardship, and the enemy of sacrifice is going to say, surely you're doubting. Surely you're doubting. You must be doubting. But when we are sacrificial when in, in those conditions, it attracts God's attention. Amen. It's an incredible virtue. You know, if you go to Exodus chapter 1, I won't read through the whole passage, but Exodus chapter 1 from verse 9 to 22, it's talking about the midwives that were in Egypt. And uh, they were commanded to put to death the males. As the Hebrew women were giving birth, they were commanded to kill the the males at birth. So, um, Exodus chapter 1 verse 9, um, and uh, this is Pharaoh. Pharaoh was becoming anxious and afraid that the Israelites would grow and swell in population and size and would start causing trouble for for Egypt. And so, Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh is like, we need to stop their multiplication. So, just in case this gets out of hand and they go and they join up with other people that are enemies of ours and they come back against us. So verse 12, the more they afflicted them, all right, because the Egyptians treated them terribly, like they were brutal, brutal, brutal in their treatment of the Israelites. And they wanted to break them as people. So the more they, they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew. The harder it was, the stronger they got. Okay? So, um, and it tells you there, you can read, read the passage, it's brilliant. Um, and 15, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, Shiprah and Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife, if it's a son, you kill him. If it's a daughter you let her live but the midwives feared god and they did not do as the king of egypt commanded them but they saved the male children so the king of it, you can imagine pharaoh hey come here what what's what's going on here now we're talking about pharaoh here pharaoh and um, why have you done this thing and saved the male children? So, the midwives inspired godly inspiration. They say to Pharaoh, oh, you know, there's, there's just so much going on. The Hebrew women, they're so lively. You know, when they just give birth and that says that we have no time to intervene. I'm paraphrasing here. This is what happens. And they give birth before we can get to them. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. These women were committed to the hilt. Amen. They're essentially saying, we are going to do what we are going to do, whether it brings life or death. Yeah. Whether this is a life or death, whether we're scourged or beaten It doesn't matter. I'm in this all the way. We're going to save these children. Amen. God gave them an assignment, and they stuck to their assignment. Has anyone seen that war movie, 1917? Oh, man, it's such a great movie, you know. Um, Those two lads are given the assignment, and they've got to get through the most horrific scenes to get to the front lines to deliver this message. And, but you know what? You, and, and they were they're, they're, they, uh, th- th- if they had refused, they would have been court martialed. So they were under orders. But what they were, they would, ha- but they were both of them, do you remember? They were prepared to sacrifice themselves to make this happen. And so, you know, accepting God's assignment like these midwives did, this is what you're going to do. It can take you into the face of death and danger, but it can also take you into incredible places. Making a sacrifice can take you to incredible places. And they were prepared to sacrifice their lives to let these male Hebrew children live. And you know what the place sacrifice? It'll take you to, in the Bible, let's just, where did people go to? Fiery furnaces dens of lions, big pots of burning oil, crucifixion, all of these things. So we've got to take a step back and understand that there's responsibilities connected to our faith. If we say, Lord, we're committed, we're committed Christians. There's responsibilities connected to that. I've heard over the years, there's been plenty of Sermons and teachings on that this is a battleship, not a pleasure cruise. You know, so there's 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 responsibilities that accompany our faith, and a lot of times, lack of commitment is just the avoidance of responsibility. Lack of lack of I'm not willing to sacrifice. I'm not willing to commit anything because you, we don't want to take on any more responsibility. And sometimes we, are, we feel so, we've got so much. I mean, I look at some of the people that I know here, and I'm like, I don't know how you manage it. You have so much responsibility for lives that come through your household, and it's amazing. You have, we will not be broken if we take on more responsibility. It's just asking God for the wisdom to handle the responsibility in the correct way. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's rewards for people that commit themselves. And that passage tells us there that when they were willing to give it all up, that God gave them households. They they were multiplied and became mighty. The fear of God trumped the fear of man. Amen. And that is one of the greatest enemies of sacrifice, the fear of man. The fear of man. Fear is one of the greatest enemies of sacrifice. I can't imagine my heart, my, I mean, I mean the, the terror. I mean, imagine, think of those men in the war that were getting ready to go over the top. The thing that would, that would have, and in and, and many cases, in some, in, and even, even now, more recently with events in Ukraine, Russia, defectors go back, they get shot on the other side. There's, a, there's, so fear, fear is the enemy of sacrifice. There's many things that are the enemy of sacrifice. So to, to, to round up the message today, I want to go over quickly a few enemies of sacrifice. One is seeking acceptance, all right? Acceptance, if, if, if we all want to be accepted, if the church want to be accepted, it's going to weaken the church. If you want to be accepted wherever you go and fit in, it'll weaken, it will weaken you. In other words, you compromise. You go, you go. whatever the lowest common denominator is, we'll just go to that level. Amen? You look at the early church. The early church were powerful. The more people that were martyred in the early church, the stronger the church became. But then the church aligned with Rome. And what happened to the church once that happened? It began to lose its power because there was a mutual alignment and acceptance. I think there's there's a word in there somewhere for the days we're living in. The power of the church is increased where there's opposition. The power of the church is increased where there is opposition and much need to sacrifice. Where there is need of a sacrifice, the church is strong, and the people are strong, so, there's things that are going to try and come. That's one, just wanting to be seeking acceptance. Um, the other one is the, the, the Antichrist spirit. The, en- the, en- the enemy of sacrifice is the Antichrist spirit. You know, in Daniel, Daniel um, puts out visions. In the book of Daniel, he, has, he, he puts down his visions, the dreams he has there. I want to read this one in Daniel 8, chapter 11 um yeah chapter uh, ch- Daniel 8 verse 11 he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host and by him this is the antichrist by the way and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down because of transgression an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all this and prospered. You know, the Word talks about the abomination of desolation. That's going to be in a day in the future where the Antichrist spirit will prevent the church from making sacrifices. If you look at Pharaoh, is a type of Satan. He wanted to stop the Hebrews from sacrificing. And what was what they could not worship God fully without their sacrifices. So Pharaoh was just a type in a shadow of Satan. But in the future, the Antichrist spirit is going to prevent the church from making sacrifices. And what's going to happen when we, pre- we stop making sacrifices? Desolation sets in. The church, churches will become desolate places where there's no sacrifice. All right? All right. And Daniel eleven thirty one forces shall be mustered by him. The Antichrist, forces shall be gathered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they will place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wicked, wickedly against the covenant, he'll corrupt them, but the people who know their God shall be strong. And do great exploits. So if this is talking about the abomination of desolation, then what's got to come? The people that know their God are going to be strong and do great exploits. Amen. The Antichrist wants to stop people from sacrificing to the Lord. The Antichrist spirit does not want you to lay down your life for your faith. The Antichrist spirit does not want you to give anything up for God nothing at all. And the Antichrist spirit is cunning and wily. And the Antichrist spirit, it says here, is going to prosper. The Antichrist spirit will be a significant spirit. The Antichrist spirit is against you being in fellowship. It's not going to want you to go to church, give your time, your talent, or your treasure. And if you hear these voices in your life, we have to discern where is that voice coming from? Is that the spirit of the Antichrist? Is it his, whose voice is this? Because if anyone tells you, do you know what, listen, just back off a wee bit, you're far too zealous. You're just too much. You just have to chill out a wee bit and do you know what? And we'll all just get along a wee bit better. We'll bring it back down to the lowest common denominator. Amen? If, if the Spirit of the Lord, if the Holy Spirit's calling upon you to give something up or to do something for the kingdom, the Spirit of the Antichrist will tell you not to do it. Amen? And when we remove sacrifice, it's called the sin of desolation. It's leaving a place desolate. Because where well, the people went to the altar... And they made their sacrifices there. The, the, the temple was always full of the sweet smell of the incense and the sacrifices that were being made. When all that is taking away, the, the temple is cold stone with no life. So we all come here as people and we sacrifice our lives every week in, week out. You come here to bring all of yourself into fellowship. Yes. When yous are not here, it's a cold building. On the corner of the Rye Road and the Howe Gate. Come on. That's what, it's, that's what it is. But when we come here and we're like, I'm going to bring the sacrifice of praise. I'm going to bring the sacrifice of thanksgiving. I don't feel like going to church, but I'm going this morning. Yeah. This, The atmosphere changes. Something powerful is released because you made a sacrifice. Yeah. The kingdom of God was built. We wouldn't be saved if it wasn't for a sacrifice. Without sacrifice, we can't plant churches, we can't build churches, we can't reach people, teach people if we're not prepared to make some sacrifices. People made sacrifices for us all to be here today. How many times have I heard the story, my gran prayed me into church or my my mum and my dad never gave up on me or whatever, all of these things. So sacrificial people are important. The other thing the enemy of sacrifice is the the spirit of Judas. Judas Iscariot, the traitor. The woman with the alabaster box and her hair. What does a woman's hair signify? Her beauty. Woman looks after her hair. She goes there to Jesus with the most expensive perfume and she begins to she begins to w- wash his feet with her tears and use her hair and the perfume. What, is the, what does Judas say? Why is, she, why is she doing that? Why is she making that sacrifice? What, what, you know? Do you not know that we, she could have taken that and sold it? So what do we do? Do we take our sacrifice and we pawn it off? Who does our sacrifice go to? Amen. This is Mary. And Judas was not pleased about this. Why was it not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? As if, as if he had a heart for the poor. But he was in a position in the group. He was the treasurer. He was trusted. Sometimes the voice that comes, the enemy of sacrifice, comes from someone who you know and that you trust. They're close. They're very close. Yeah? It wasn't his stuff being sacrificed, was it? Whose was it? It was Mary's. But yet he spoke out a bit. You know, people can appear to be very sensible, logical, trusted people. You know, this guy, surely, but appearances can be deceptive. If there's influence coming into your life to withhold giving or sacrifice, no matter where it comes from, and it will come in many forms, you have to discern that. We have to discern that. And to finish this off, praise God, another enemy of sacrifice is Satan. Okay? It's that we've talked about the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, let's look at this in in some context in Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this is not going to happen. So this is not going to happen. You're talking about going to the cross and being raised on the third day. No. It's not going to happen. Jesus turns to Peter and says, "Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me." Pete, Jesus loved Peter. He says, "Get behind me for you're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men." Peter takes Jesus to the side and tries to change Jesus' mind. It's as if, you know, this is a, this is a crazy idea. Why would, you th- why would you even think like this? Who did Jesus address his rebuke to? Was it Peter or the person who was against the sacrifice? It was, it was against the person who was against the sacrifice, i.e., Satan, he didn't say, "Peter, get thee behind me." He said, "Satan, get behind me." Jesus didn't speak to Peter. He spoke to Satan. And that's another one of those situations. The, people, the thing is, people you'll have people in your life. they love you more than anything. Lewis, don't go and do that. We love you. Please don't go there. Please don't go to that land please don't go to that place. We love you. Don't go there. Don't take up your cross, Lewis. Stay here with us because we love you. But Jesus seen the the manipulation of the devil right behind it. So even in the voices of love and concern, and thank God we've all got people that love us, Satan is very Very cunning. He'll try and present you with an alternative route where there's no pain, no suffering. He said to Jesus, if you will only bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms. This sounds like a much better plan, don't you think? Don't you think that that's better than going here? Look what awaits you there, pain and suffering, but see if you will just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. All these kingdoms can be yours. It is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. If you just do it my way, you can avoid all the hassle. Just do it my way. You'll still achieve the result you want in the future. Just be part of my plan. Amen so we would rather choose to take up the cross yes. and that doesn't actually mean that you will have to take the <laughs> the cross to calvary but it does mean that you will take a lot of the hardships and things that come against you you will you will bear that but he will he won't let you bear it yourself because he's the burden bearer he'll take it he'll take it off you so There are other things that are enemies. I wanted to bring the main ones to you. I mean, comfort, intimidation, having a low opinion of yourself. Moses had about 10 reasons why he shouldn't have been the man. You know, God, why did you give, why did you put me in charge of these people? (laughs) It's like, I I, I can't speak, I stutter, I'm I'm this. He had all the reasons in, in the world. To say I'm not going to, com- I'm not. I don't want the responsibility. And then there's one that's very pertinent for today, the day we, the age we live in, indifference. Who cares anyway? What, dif- what, what difference is it going to make? What difference is it going to make if I give the guy a lift back to Weems Bay anyway? It just, you'll get fitter. You know, you just it'll be, it'll be, will enjoy the ride. No, God works in all of these situations in a very intricate way. And we just have to be ready to hear the voice of the the Holy Spirit. So even if it puts us out of our way. So praise God for that. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.